welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Epic Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholas. And throughout the show, we have got an awesome case study with two property investors from Hamilton, Sanjay and Ice. Guys, thanks for coming along on the show. Thanks, Ed and Andrew. This is our first podcast ever, and it's really exciting for us yes. To, um, yes. to be on the show. You've got a good audience to reach out to for your first one. Now, we are stoked to have these guys on today because the first one we're going to do, we're going to do a little personal case study today. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about one of their specific deals. Now, you will have remembered probably about a month or so ago, we talked about going to the Waikato Property Investors Association to run the deal. And we had a bit of a competition where property investors got up, they talked about some of their deals, talked about their stories, and the winner got to come on the show and is also going to be featured in NZ Property Investor Magazine. And so, Sanjay and Ice were the winners of that, so we've got them on. Now, the reason I like doing shows like this is it's good to hear each other's stories and hear why people are investing. So in today's show, we're going to talk more about why they are investing and what got them into it. Tomorrow, we'll talk about the specific deal. So let me kick it off. What was your main driver for wanting to invest in property? You know, what's it all for? Sanju and I, both of us come from middle class families and most of the decisions our families made in the past were based on how much money we had at the time. And this did put a lot of limitations on our decisions and choices. And that was something that we were wanting to break and have that financial freedom to choose and make decisions and do what we love to do, like traveling or spending quality time with each other. And that's what's really driving us to property investment. Yeah. And for an example, I would say like we have a two-year-old son. So we had to put him to the daycare when he was seven months old. That choice was made because of money, because two people have to work to run the family. So these sort of choices, we want to break them and we want to have that choice, which is driving us towards our purpose and mission. So that's why property. And what made you get into property? Did you go along to a seminar? Did you read a book on money? What made you start to think properly? We didn't do any of that. We, we just started watching YouTube videos. Uh, so we started in 2015. And mainly at the time, there were lots of YouTube videos and materials online where you can search and study really about property, like starting with what cash flow is, what is yield, what is capital growth, all those things are online. And there is a guy that we used to follow in YouTube called Nathan Butch. He was, I think, in his 30s at the time. And he used to take, I mean, in these videos he shows on his show where he shows all the properties that he purchased and run through all the numbers with the audience. And that really helped us to understand because, you know, Australia is similar to New Zealand market. And that's where we started. So that's even before we purchasing our first house for ourselves. So we, we started looking all these videos, you know, and even we bought our first home based on that, you know, like, buying below market value, cash flow positive and stuff. So, yeah. And I know that one of Nathan's sort of strategies and and some of the other things that you've spoken about in the past are having a freedom number. Tell us about that. Yeah. So financial freedom is like a state of mind where you take decision based on your value and your purpose, but not based on on the money. So that's what financial freedom for us so, so there's a difference between financial freedom and financial independence. So the financial independence is like, say like you can't work from tomorrow, but all your expenses are taken care. 
So yeah, so that's it's like the bare minimum that you need to survive, even though you don't have a job tomorrow. But the bills that you need to pay, like the electricity, water, grocery, like insurance, and yeah. all that. So you sit down and work out all that, and that's yeah. like the magic number yeah. <laughs> that you need just to survive without a job. And that's yeah. and it's really important to have that knowledge of the expenses or the outgoings and incomings exactly. that you. Yeah. Uh, right. So have I got this right that what you guys want to do through property is you want to get enough cash flow from your properties in order to get enough income to meet your freedom number. So you've got enough properties with enough cash flow covers your minimum level of expenses so that you can choose what else you want to do with your time, whether that be working or something else. For us, cash flow is the king. And we do make sure that we have a balance between capital growth and cash flow properties, but we don't buy like too negative if the properties uh, like the negative cash flow too much. We will buy only if there is an opportunity there to add value and make it a positive cash flow in the end. And our strategy is mainly just to reduce our debt. I mean, there is good debt and bad debt, but for us, like everyone's strategy is different, but for us, like it's all about like reducing the debt and increase the cash flow and just have a handful of properties where we can have our freedom. Financial independence. Uh, yes. Yeah. And so am I right in saying that financial independence and financial freedom in your mind are two different things? The independence is the bills paid, the freedom is the going on holiday. Is that right? It's the other way around. Independence is yeah. the bare minimum that you yeah. need. Yeah. yeah. And freedom is, that's different for everyone. Exactly, but yeah. Like, Have you thought about once you hit your independence and your freedom number, how life is going to be different for you? Yeah, so we, we do a lot of sit-down sessions in our house where Sancho and I just sit with a cup of coffee at least once a month and we discuss about just property and we have a book where we write down all of our like the goals, goals. yeah, yeah, short term goals, long term yeah. goals, yeah. and uh, how we each step forward, we check in and see how we are progressing. Yeah, so like we have exact plans, like how we're going to live our lifestyle after ten years, after fifteen years. So where we want to travel, it all depends. So the financial independence, as as we said, it's that bare minimum amount that you can survive, and the financial freedom, it it depends to each individual. Say an example, like if you want to say like travel to Rome, you you can take a ticket, you know, flight ticket of economic class or business or suite. So it it's a choice that you can make how you want to travel what sort of lifestyle you want. So basically, again, that financial freedom number can be for us. It's financial independence number times five. It can be up, you know, so some people might need, you know, like $1 million, some people might need only, you know, $100,000. So it depends on each individual. So they have to work out how they want to live after 15 years, you know, 20 years, how, how their lifestyle will be. And guys as well, we're talking a lot about the future. I know you guys have got a pretty cool story of where you started as well and what you guys were willing to do in order to make your start once you had your first property. I wonder if you could let everybody listening to the show in on what you guys did, which was pretty cool. Yeah, sure. So I'll just tell you a bit of a story. So basically, I came to New Zealand in 2009 to do my higher studies. 
Of course, I was a teenager at that time, and I partied all night. I dropped out from the uni. Same um, as it. Yeah, and I, <laughs> and I, I successfully created a debt of $35,000. Uh, <laughs> Same all, as it. <laughs> I had all the credit card. You name the bag. I have the credit card. I have the, you know, the private finances and everything. Um, I still don't understand why I bought, like, I was 21 years old, and I bought a $5,000 laptop. was, of course, um, MacBook Pro. <laughs> All I did was watching YouTube, Facebook, and Tinder. <laughs> uh, and then we got married in 2014. Ice put yeah, me so, into that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so it was an arranged marriage. <laughs> and <laughs> so when I came here, like we... We had a really bad start, right? Especially because I was not working. Well, and Sanjay and, uh, created all this debt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was really hard to find our first rental property together. Yes. Because we would look at your credit score and everything, right? And uh, I had a credit score of 210 and multiple defaults. And she was brand new to the country, so she, she don't have any credit history or, you know, to show. I said, you think about like- packing up and going home at that stage? <laughs> 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 I was in love. I mean, I'm in love. <laughs> yeah, and then the other thing was we had to use prepaid electricity. Yeah, oh, so, so, so we had four or five electricity companies and they all declined. And we had to go to the yeah, electricity bug. I forgot the name of the company. Electric I know what you're talking about because one of those was one of my rentals and it's a pain in the butt because okay. I lived in that rental yes, after the earthquakes. <laughs> And I remember you'd be sitting there and then you suddenly realise you need to go and get some more electricity. It's pain. Yes, yes. It, yes. it changes the colour. For us, it was always in orange. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing was the, the first rental property was in a really bad condition. There was no insulation in the house. I mean, we were renting it for two two sixty five dollars Yeah, yeah, right? 265 yeah. per week. Yeah, and bad insulation, and it was really cold inside. There were mold, and the communication between the property manager and us was yeah, like was really not that bad. Great. And like there was no hot water. The, the hot water was only in the shower, <laughs> yeah. and it, it comes like you know, a drip of water. You know, like it takes <laughs> oh. like half an hour to get yes. to the shower. You know? So imagine that situation and living in that house. We got a little bit depressed, and we were like, we have to get out of there. And so that's <laughs> when you started using that laptop to watch videos about how to get rich. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Finally, you know, it, it, it came yes. into action. <laughs> and I know as well you guys used Airbnb in quite an interesting way. Yes. So, like, even before we bought our first property, we knew about, like, cash flow and we, and we like, researched about how this property is going to help us buy our first investment property. So, when we did that, we talked about, like, you know, having flatmates and all that and heard about Airbnb. Airbnb was getting popular at that time. Yeah, yeah. So we started doing Airbnb and we did we did it for around four and a half years. Yeah. It was hard work. Yeah, Frank. Yeah, yeah. We stopped when I was on my second trimester with my yeah. son. Yeah. So we had three bedrooms. So we rent out two bedrooms to the flatmates and one bedroom which were for us. We given that to Airbnb and lived in the living room for around four years. And this four years we never paid our mortgage. So it was a positive cash flow. But there was a lot of struggle. There was no privacy. But again, you know, all our expenses were taken care of by our own house. You were living in the living room while Airbnb guests were using your room. Yeah. Yes. And we had all our clothes in a trunk in the living room. (laughs) 
I don't know what yeah. Lauren would say about me suggesting that. And so in terms of your property investment strategy, how would you describe it? I'm guessing it's not passive. We focus on uh, hands-on property investment and we focus on cash flow properties and we really believe in uh, creating opportunity. So we only buy property where we can add value, like extreme value, like subdividing, extreme renovation and building a new dwelling and paying off the loan with that profit and continue the investment again. So how many hours a week does that take for you guys? The thing is all the hours that we put is in the beginning I mean, it's in the beginning of the process and then it's all hands off, right? Once it's all done, then we hand it over to the property manager. And then there are properties where we haven't been to for the past three years. And yeah, yeah. Like there are at least yeah, four or five properties we never visited last five years. It's all taken care of by property managers. And also it's like if you're doing a subdivision, we engage the surveyor. So he's doing all the work and he sent a couple of emails maybe in every one or two emails in a month and we just you know I reply to that email and he'll he'll take care of all the stuff and when we do the building same thing you engage the first initial time frame to get the proper builder sign the contract then it's you know autopilot so the time really spent is doing the research and you know figuring out like what works best for a particular property sometimes when we do a calculation you have to put like two properties instead of three new bills to get the right amount of profit you know for those things we spend more time and efforts and yeah. that's the most important part yeah. and then yeah. it's it's about uh, finding the experts and yeah. leaving it to them to do yeah. their yeah. part so i would say an average five hours a week in yeah. a year i would say when you average it out maybe five hours a week yeah. and one of the really cool things is that in the next episode we're going to hear about a deal of the century, which is just wonderful. And it's going to be able to show for everybody listening to this at home or on the treadmill, out in the park, you know, just how far you can go, even if you start out in a really tough situation like you guys had. But what's quite interesting, and I've been talking to people who listen to the show, and they always say, you know, it's great to hear a case study of somebody who started out where things were a bit hairy and then has improved. And that's really great. But how do you go from that really tough situation, like you guys were just describing, through to, say, your first or your second rental property. I mean, we'll talk in tomorrow's episode all about what you're doing now, but how did you go from just starting out to kind of your second rental property, for instance? Like we saw all these like YouTube videos and things, and we understand, you know, buying the first property is really crucial so we bought our own house under market value so like when we bought our house the actual cv rate of the property was three hundred and eighty thousand dollars and we bought it for three hundred and sixty seven thousand dollars so that's the first step we took so then gradually within three four months the property itself increased and we did a revaluation and we used that equity to buy the next property so the key thing is buy below market value or if you're buying a property, make sure you can add value and then you can purchase the next property. Yeah. Property should look after themselves as a grown-up. We shouldn't be feeding them with extra money or anything, you know. And that property should support buying your next property. So it's all about your strategy. You know, the trouble is these days, not all grown-ups look after themselves <laughs> as, as exhibited by the man sitting to my left. Now... Now, the great thing about this case study as well for everybody listening at home is even if you're in a really rough situation right now, even if your credit score is 210 and you're 35K in credit card and personal debt, 
these guys here, Sanjay and Ice, are really good examples of where even if your starting out point isn't great, hey, look, through enough hard work and perseverance and thinking strategies through and educating yourself, you can actually get through it and out the other side. And tomorrow's episode is going to be a really good example of that, where we're going to talk about a new Plymouth duplex, which is actually the property that you guys won the deal with. Now, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. Really does help us get the best out to all people. And make sure you tune in tomorrow for that episode. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, texts and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.